Welcome to what the is. You know, we do this uh, on Fridays, and I was thinking that uh, we could have a new thing, which is um, uh, TG. TGIF. Oh, that's a good idea. We can do that. You know, we'll thank God it's and... if day. TGIF day. Yeah. Thank, thank goodness it's an if. Thank goodness it's an if. That's very good. All right, we can that's do that. Very, that's very good. Um, listeners, welcome. Um, if you're listening as it gets posted, that's on Friday. But the wonderful thing, of course, about podcasting is that you could be listening at any time generally forward in the time in the space-time line um but not thanks to the new tachyon uh podcasting distribution system that's um, right not necessarily not necessarily indeed um we need we need to do oh and it just happened so here this is a, a little shout out little coming soon uh next week no uh coming up in, in a couple of weeks, we have the wonderful science fiction writer and podcaster, Tom Merritt, will be back on the show. He's been with us before, okay. and um, he has a new novel out that's all, of, well, it's a continuation of a series he, he's, he's writing. Uh, Pilot X was the original novel, and uh, the current novel, current uh, book two is Trigor, and uh, it's all about time travel. So awesome. very exciting, very exciting, yeah. very exciting. All right. So, but speak well. This is today's also a little bit, a little bit time travel esque. Uh, some context, yeah, some context here. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. This is here's what have a strange thing happened when I was on the way to the if. <laughs> so I was in the New York Times. As a as a commenter, you know what we used to call letters to the editor. That's right, which are now just a chain of comments, right? That's right. Letters, well, to the editor and to everyone. Letters, letters to everyone. Uh, right, the comments. So I don't believe me. I I do not often love the music hit. I don't often <laughs> find the need. I'm not often compelled to write a comment. Not that I'm shy, but, you know, I'm usually reading the news. And generally the news I'm reading is often I feel way above my pay grade in terms of... Uh, in terms of the, the stakes of things? My, yeah, or my ability to, to offer anything substantive, let alone a critique of the uh, article. But uh, so there was an article, this was right before Halloween, and uh, the... In the New York Times, the headline uh, was Forget Halloween. Children are frightening year-round. I don't know if you would, would well, you agree? I think that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, uh, why little kids? So you, you don't have the little ones anymore. Not anymore. Uh, why little kids have a special ability to creep out <laughs> their parents. <laughs> And and the author was uh, Christina Caron, C-A-R-O-N. And uh, 
Christina Karen is, I believe, let me just check. Um, it says uh, Christina Karen is a parenting reporter. Uh, before joining the Times in 2014, she spent a decade editing and writing for broadcast news and also worked as a clinical research coordinator at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Cool. So I say that to, you know, as, as a method, uh, as a method, uh, just to honor Christina Karen. I, I don't want you, anyone to think that I'm coming down on her in particular. However, this article, this article does a very strange thing uh it it was totally humorous and i was enjoying it as much as the next person and uh telling funny stories uh, that she had you know gathered from talking to other parents and stuff about um when kids had done creepy things for instance often often in the form of saying something that seemed like wise beyond their years yeah. Yes. Did that ever happen to you? Um, that's just every day in the family. Every day. Household. Yeah. Right. No, right. No way around that. Anything spooky? No, nothing really spooky. I mean, with identical twins, occasionally there would be moments of sort of pseudo telepathic communication. Uh -huh. um, but no, for the most part, they were uh, uh, well within the, the realm of um, natural law. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and you're aware of natural law. You follow the law. Um, by the way, ignorance of the law is no excuse. You can still be punished. Uh, uh, especially in the sciences. Yeah, that's true. Physics will <laughs> definitely punish you if you uh, uh, violate its laws or attempt to. You can, yeah. <laughs> But so at one point, the article veered into talking to, quote, a scientist. I, I don't even bother. I'm not here to debunk this article, but uh, and it started to take the things the children said seriously, like possibly they were bringing knowledge from another dimension. Okay. And it basically goes into the paranormal. Yeah. And, you know, for a sentence or two, I thought, well, okay, haha, funny, funny. And no doubt she will return and say, but who knows? You know, that's just crazy. We're not here for that. I think, you know, we're here. To, the psychology of it is absolutely is fascinating, right? Plenty mm -hmm. to talk about or just have fun. It was Halloween Eve. You know, hey, let's just have fun. Halloween fun. Yeah. yeah. But then I started talking about this research that was done. And it said, uh, again, you can go to the article and read it if you want. Um, but it referred to this research and then said something like, uh, but... Uh, there aren't that many, there aren't many other, uh, here, here, I'm going to, here's my commentary. So Go this is, I, I was, I was riled up. I admit. <laughs> I wrote, uh, I love these stories, a fun and fascinating article. By the way, my comment, just to give myself some, just, you know, there is always the crazy letter to the editor, and this may be one of those. Um, but it, it got uh, 56 recommendations oh, okay. and began a whole discussion, which, which was nice, actually, because kind of that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll just read real quick. So what I said, I love these stories, a fun and fascinating article. The past lives section, however, red flag. The, the article got a little loosey-goosey, you see. And it started saying that it, when the kids talked about things from the past, the parents and then this researcher backed them up. For instance, 
one of the kids started telling a story of how he was a pilot, a Japanese pilot in World War II and something, something, something. And the parents looked it up and said, there was a Japanese pilot by mm. this. Seemed to have, you know, it's just like, what? And so he, you know, uh, so the past lives section deserves much more responsible skepticism, I said. As a psychological phenomenon, absolutely legitimate material to include in this story. However, in that particular in this particular passage, the author, and then I had to do it. I threw a little, I threw a little poop around <laughs> the newsroom. It's a little bit of poop makes every conversation go smoother. Sometimes it's the letter to the editor. You got to be that guy. Uh, the author, and by extension, the editor and the Times, aren't. Be but I, I genuinely believe this. I shouldn't. Undercut myself. Uh, the editor and the Times aren't being responsible science communicators. The sentence that begins, quote, such specific and verifiable cases are rare. That was the sentence, is a foul. And it's odd that this article takes a turn into even considering the possibility that, quote, reports from toddlers about their experience with the occult should be considered scientific evidence. I don't want to be a Halloween Scrooge. I love everything else about this article, but I did want to point out that nothing is scarier, especially this very week. And you know what that was like. Mm -hmm. Nothing scarier than fake news and disrespect for science. Less trick, more treat. And um, then we got some comments. And uh, so today's if is dedicated to them. And just uh, real quick, uh, downtown uh, goes by the username downtown from Manhattan. Uh, at Philip Shane, I am delighted the Times is broad-minded enough to include tales of reincarnation in this story. Coverage exploring verified reincarnation stories, which exist, says downtown, and university research would be appreciated. Sir, mm -hmm. New York University, think maybe they can get on this. Sure. Just, just because, says downtown, we don't yet have the scientific sophistication to explore reincarnation or the death process. I would say it's a little sophistication. Yeah. It might also just be a little bit chutz, chutzpah. I, I welcome you to try to get firsthand accounts of reincarnation or death. Um, doesn't mean there's no truth to it. And then downtown ends by saying his holiness, the Dalai Lama often discusses this and scientific research into this matter. So touche downtown for getting a little bit, just hitting me with a little bit of guilt there because I do have great respect for His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. Yeah, the Dalai uh, Lama gets used to smack down a lot of people. You're not alone. Oh. <laughs> the irony. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when I say His Holiness, by the way, I'm not saying that because you know, I'm, I'm not uh, religious or whatever, but uh, that's you know, His it's a standard form of address. That's what he goes by. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, but he is, we're not going to go down that road. I'm going to let that be. But he is, he, it is part of the, um, I don't know. It is part of his shtick. Yeah. His, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, he's so cool. He would, he would go by that. I like think he would be totally fine with that. Yeah, yeah totally. His shtick is that he, he, the Dalai Lama is a reincarnation. Every Dalai Lama is a reincarnation. If what I, saw in the Scorsese movie, which is an amazing movie, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, what was that called? Um, uh, anyway, seven years Tibet. in Tibet. No, um, Kundun. Uh, Kundun, yeah. Kundun, yeah. beautiful, beautiful mm -hmm. movie. Yeah, very about, great. about the life of the Dalai, of the current Dalai Lama, his young life. So anyway, 
What the if? No. In a past life, I was, I think, possibly Jerry Lewis. Oh, wow. That's not bad at all. Except for, the, except for the intentionally funny part. Oh, Just right. the klutz. That's klutz on the problem, wheel. <laughs> what the if? Past lives. And therefore, by extension, reincarnation were real. Matt? Have you ever felt that you uh, had a past life? Um, no, not really, despite some uh, uh, youthful research into the subject. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it was something I was interested in for a little while, but uh, I ended up with a, uh, a paradox, which makes it difficult to do research on past lives, um, which is essentially that uh, how, how would you verify um, a claim about a past life. Okay. Um, so as the, the commentators on that New York Times article suggests, there's a lot of people who feel that there are verified um, past lives. Um, and we, you will probably not be surprised to learn that we are not the first to confront this problem, right? Because people have been thinking about these problems for some time. Right, but um, science must have, as with all thinking, um, science must have really thrown a monkey wrench into the whole idea um, if you chose to wield that monkey wrench. Well, it's complicated, right? So like the right. word occult, for instance, um, comes from the Greek meaning um, things you can't see. Hmm. Um, in, oh, and, like and, occult, well, princess yeah, of the star. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and had the more general sense for Aristotle of something that could not be understood. That is, so you couldn't, huh. you couldn't see the processes by which it worked. Um, so, for instance, one of the examples Aristotle gives of an occult force is magnets. Uh-huh. uh-huh yeah. And not because they were invisible, that is, because magnetism was invisible, but rather because they didn't make any sense. They were not comprehensible. Um, so, a couple thousand years after Aristotle, people start getting a better handle on how magnets work. So, does that mean they're no longer occult? I think most people would say, yeah, it would be weird to list magnets as, as an occult force, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So this, this general term we have is, is kind of this weird umbrella of this is a term we use to describe things we don't understand. Um, so, on, so that might mean those things are real, but we don't understand them, or those things are not real, and we don't understand them because they are not real, right? I don't, right. I don't understand unicorns. I think that's because unicorns don't exist. Um, it might be that I don't understand extraterrestrials, but I think they might be out there. Um, I just don't have any access to them. So right. I just wanted to kind of flag that the, the terms we use to talk about this, terms like occult and pseudoscience, are really bad terms. They're really poorly defined. They right. don't do much work for us. Um, they're almost always used only in a pejorative context, right? You use it to attack someone. You say, well, that's just pseudoscience. No one ever says, I am a pseudoscientist. It'd be okay if they, like Aristotle said, uh, well, we, we just don't know. And they use a word, that whatever word they want to use, that means to them, we just don't know, uh, which is what science would say. Um, but they want science to verify it. And so, you know, having done that. But here, at what the if, 
we are going to imagine that it's real. Mm-hmm. Right. For the sake of learning about how the whole system works so that we can learn to we are we are in a way saying you know what yes yes and as they say in the improv comedy right. world mm-hmm. let's use a little bit of logic to to play it out look you say it works so let's imagine using this is what we do every week if you're new here um in fact you know basically we've been reborn each week so we have many. <laughs> That's right. We reinvent the university. <laughs> Go to whattheif.com. You can hear all our episodes are right there on your podcast app. Scroll back and you'll see what we do here. So what the if reincarnation is real. Yep. So that means that like it or not and believe it or not, whether we want to believe it or not, you and I have been reincarnated. And the interesting thing about that, it feels like to me, the first question is how often, and immediately I get almost the big bang question of like, well, where did it begin? Um, uh, yeah. So I should say the, the sort of model of reincarnation um, we tend to think of comes from cosmologies that are cyclic. So say South Asian cosmologies, Hindu and Buddhist, I think are probably the, the chief ones oh, that represent yeah. ideas of reincarnation. Um, and those have cyclic cosmologies, so they're not at all concerned about um, starting points. Right. So so we can we can get rid of that um, without too much. That is, that question, I think, is um, is one we can leave until after we decide whether reincarnation is real. Oh, so that's what, what just basically those in those philosophies, um, it just re- it repeats over and over again. Over and it, and is, over. it is endless. That's mm-hmm. yeah, the, the model is not a bang, but a wheel. Right, right. Very it's cool. Great turning of the wheel. Yes. Um, so if you, if you grab a scientist off the street, um, and if you do that, be careful because they are easily startled. <laughs> and, you, and you ask them, um, I'm trying to figure out if something is real. They're probably going to say, well, let's do an experiment. Right. Yeah. Let's try to figure out an experiment that lets us check and see whether or not this thing is real. Okay. Right. So um, if you say, I don't think tacos are real, the the scientist then says, all right, well, let's go do some experiments where we see if we can make tacos. And then you do make tacos and you say, okay, tacos exist. And then it gets a little more difficult for something like conservation of energy. But nonetheless, there's clear experimental designs you can put together to try and test whether that idea is right. Right. Depending on how many beans you had with your taco. Yeah, that's right. So conservation of beans is an easy (laughs) test. Um, And I should say, it turns out that if your your hypothesis is that the number of beans is conserved, um, we can easily create an experiment called lunch that shows that is wrong, right? I used to have lots of beans and now I don't have any beans because I ate them, right? And now they're deep in my stomach. So the question is, how can we set things up to check for reincarnation? Um, and this is a little bit trickier. So yeah. uh, the, the, the way this, this kind of logical structure works is you say, if that hypothesis is true, um, then what, uh, what comes along with that? What are consequences of that thing that we could then check for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the question is, what consequences come along with the reincarnation? And uh, the one that people usually talk about um, is the sense that uh, small children know something that they shouldn't. Yep, that's right. That's right. Um, 
and that's so that's a, a testable thing, right? So I'm going to go grab a thousand children. Um, and FBI, <laughs> if you're listening, this is entirely hypothetical. And I will interrogate all of them um, and see if any of them knows something that they shouldn't for their age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and parents are immediately saying, um, kids always know things they're not supposed to. So, right, they know the, they know the combination to your phone, right? They're, they're not supposed to. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so we've got to be a little more specific than that, than just saying they know something that they shouldn't. Right. right. In fact, let me, I feel like, one, if you're going to do this experiment, um, especially if, for instance, the people who are writing into the New York Times are readers of the New York Times, and therefore I could make some assumptions about things like they probably have history channel yep. or mm-hmm. in their house or discovery or yeah, something like that. Right. Who knows what? And I'm like, kids, the fact that kids could pick up things even just that way seems to me like obvious, but right. uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So one of the problems with this method, which is, has the, has the unwieldy technical term of the hypothetical deductive method, Ooh, good. Um, in which you hypothesize something, deduce consequences, and then check to see if the consequences are there. One of the problems um, is that you can, uh, multiple different hypotheses can give you the same consequence. That is, uh-huh. you can come up, so if my hypothesis is this kid had a past life, and that's why they know um, that um, uh, there used to be someone named Abraham Lincoln who was alive. I said, well, they could only know that if they had a past life from the 1860s. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then you say, no, I have a totally different hypothesis that explains that same phenomenon, which is that they watch the History Channel. Right. Now, even to, to be a little bit, let's be just a little bit more real, just because mm-hmm. I know that people are going to be like, oh, these are straw man arguments or whatever. Mm-hmm. The kinds of things that uh, are cited in this article as, you know, spooky things the kids say, which may or may not be evidence of genuine paranormal phenomena, that I could imagine a kid seeing a president on television or something and saying, is he going to be shot? Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Or he's going to be shot mm-hmm. more like that. Cause the parents cite these things that seem like creepy predictions or something like that. And you would say either that's first of all, kids having imagination. That's one thing. But secondly, there's an ABC, you know, they saw something they, they you're not only hearing, um, this is, I guess, what makes it uncanny, right? Isn't that's what the parents are talking about? Uncanny, uncanny, that's right. uncanny nature, not quite right about right. That. So, like, yeah. So, a kid sees a picture of John F. Kennedy for the first time and says, "Oh, he's going to be shot in November." Yeah, right. Yeah. Something like that, right? So you'd say yeah. that was creepy. Yeah. Um, so you say, okay, that that's. I mean, there's a sense in which that's right. The hypothesis of past lives does link up nicely with that observation. The right. question is, um, is that the only hypothesis that links up with that observation? Um, and it's never the case that something is the only hypothesis. There's always another hypothesis for it. Um, the trick is finding hypothesis. And then there's then the question becomes, well, how do I choose one hypothesis over the other? Um, and there's lots of different standards you can use. One is how well it fits into other things you already know about the world. Um, so if my hypothesis for, uh, you know, so I, I wake up in the morning and I walk the dog and the sidewalk is wet. Um, 
I, my hypothesis is that it rained last night. That matches up with the sidewalk being wet. Um, it could also be that there was a water balloon fight the night before. That also explains why the sidewalk is wet. Or um, an alien uh, a or UFO landed. Right, or an alien came down, and that's the residue of their warp drive. Okay, So well, that is possible, right? It's even better. I was, see, I was thinking the absurdly unlikely possibility that the aliens came down and they were like ET, they were gardeners or something like that, and they just watered the lawn. No, no, it's definitely pollution. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so now remember um, that for the if, just to clarify here, because of this if, what we are doing is we are saying how is it's real mm-hmm. for the sake of this thought experiment? Yeah. Reincarnation is real. And so uh, we're looking for. How we can determine that's the case, right? What are the things that come along with this? Um, And some things are more plausible than others. Um, Plausible in the sense that it fits well with other things we know about the world. So it turns out that the reincarnation claim is a little tricky because it's not quite clear what we're supposed to bring along from our past lives. So is it like uh, yeah. skills? Like if a kid is really good at drawing, is that supposed to be evidence that they're a reincarnated artist? I think most people would probably say no, um, that they would want something more specific, uh, a tangible claim. But the problem is that the hypothesis is not well stated. <laughs> this is one of the things right. that scientists spend a lot of their time doing is making their hypotheses so clear that the consequences are really clear. And reincarnation turns out to be a very poorly defined term. Um, if for no other reason, then the the standard idea of create of reincarnation that we have in our head, that like I am a person who used to be alive, is okay. actually not what Buddhist Hindu reincarnation is about. Um, right. The say the Dalai Lama, the sense that the same being has has come into existence multiple times, is actually not Orthodox Buddhism, like oh. Tibetan Buddhism. Is is highly suspect in Buddhological circles for insisting on this sort of thing. So that's oh. actually not what traditional reincarnation is supposed to be about. That said, the Tibetan Buddhists do have some clear rules about things like this. So they'll put out um, uh, uh, possessions of the previous Dalai Lama mixed in with things that were not his possessions, awesome. and then put the hypothetical new Dalai Lama in front of them and say, you know, "Which one is yours?" And if the kid picks the right rice bowl, then we say, okay, he knew. Meaning the rice bowl that belonged to the previous Dalai Lama, right? And he says, that's mine. Um, So that's, so they say, that's good, right? That the odds of him choosing the correct rice bowl are very low. And the, and that's really the only other alternative hypothesis is that. I guess it's supposed, it depends how many bowls they put out. Yeah. So that's right. If it's two, it's not so impressive. If it's 20, it's more impressive. Yeah. Yeah. so that's a thing that you could imagine doing. Um, right. One of the problems here is that generally you want to set up your experiments ahead of time. So like ideally, I would take you and I would say, okay, Philip, in your next life, you need yeah. to do this thing for me. And then I'll know that you're the reincarnation. Of yeah, 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 um, yeah. And then I kill you. Right. For and sure. Then, for, for science. For science. And then I gather up a bunch of children and I check right. them all to see if they know that specific thing. Um, this is a hard experiment to run, right? So how do you, right here. Okay. So I'm going to jump right in here. Here's here. I'm going to go really deep. This is, go we're going to go pure if here. Mm-hmm. Again, it's real. 
Yeah. With that, we have our if. Uh, the, we're in the cone of if. Mm -hmm. We have our helmets on. We have our safety goggles on. And uh, the first thing that happens in reincarnation is, however it works, you die and you are reborn. And so the question here is immediately, when are you reborn? Where are you reborn? Mm -hmm. And how does that... Here's where science comes in. Because what we say is, well, we want to yeah, find a physical mechanism within known laws. Mm -hmm. So uh, there is something that has to be transmitted. Right. So let's say the most scientific, I'm just, I'm just imagining, the most scientific method for that would be that for some reason, uh, let's say you, you, whatever you, is, you are, can be um, recorded, right? And, and that is the notion of, for instance, you... And there is a there are people experimenting with it you know maybe we can record your entire brain mm -hmm. state for instance all your brain waves all your memories right you can watch any number of black mirror episodes or lots of science fiction about that right having you yeah. yourself encoded into electronic form and stored and then replayed or you know who knows however so somehow you are you download yourself mm -hmm. into uh, again, using science, we can't, uh, I don't feel comfortable saying, well, into some other dimension, and that's how you teleport to the other place or whatever. So here's the question, where, how, how might that happen? How could it physically happen that you yourself, your soul, your mind, whatever that is, winds up inside, and then when does, re does reincarnation happen at conception? So these are all. So I should say these yeah. are all important questions about the nature of reincarnation. Right. Um, and uh, I should say, hundred years or so ago, a bunch of top scientists actually tried to get some scientific traction on Excellent. these questions. Yeah. Um, I should say that so these were uh, mainly British and American scientists, uh, and included a number of Nobel Prize winners, people like J.J. Thompson and William Crookes. These are they said top level scientists wow. who kind of decide that. Um, uh, this needed to be investigated experimentally. Now, they were not very interested in reincarnation. That wasn't their category, but they were interested in life after death, which had all the same kinds of issues that you just mm -hmm. raised. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, their point of view, so this is also the generation of people that invent radio. So oh. they say to themselves, well, if there's these invisible waves of information out there in the universe carrying my radio signals, why couldn't that same phenomenon carry my soul, right? So yeah. maybe telepathy is just um, a special kind of radio communication, right? It right. shares a lot of the same characteristics. And I tell you, if, like me, you love listening to uh, um, shortwave radio, for instance, mm. in, in the middle of the night, you can you hear some weird stuff. freak yourself out. You will hear things that definitely sound like souls of the dead. <laughs> Um, so also there, Korean, North, North Korea, whatever. Yeah. So there yeah. were actual experimental setups here where they like would stick a, someone who said they could talk to ghosts inside a radio receiver, um, uh -huh. and see if anything interesting happened yeah. or let's, you know, uh, put huge magnetic fields on somebody's head and see if that increases their telepathic abilities. Um, 
And uh, I don't, it may or may not surprise you that these experiments did not actually turn up anything particularly useful. Uh, I think what's surprising is that, in fact, it, it is a retort that I didn't even know I could have. <laughs> a lot of the people here are saying, you know, things, one of the number one complaints is yeah. science hasn't investigated. And here you can say, actually, like, there's just one they of the have, discoverers so, like, of the atom. There's a group yeah. called, uh, they're still around, but they're not very active today, called the Society for Psychic Research, the SPR. Oh. Um, which was founded back in the 1870s. And if you want to know more about this, there's a, a book, a recent book written by a friend of mine. The title is Physics and Psychics um, by Richard Noakes, N-O-A-K-E-S, um, that details the history of, of these scientists and how they tried to investigate um, uh, these supernatural questions. Um, and if you're, it, it's an interesting read because it, this is a group of extremely smart, extremely talented people who take the if seriously and try to run with it. Um, and some of these people like Oliver Lodge spend what, 70 years trying to investigate these things. Um, and some of them stick like Lodge dies a believer in communication with the dead. Um, and some people like JJ Thompson sort of convince themselves out of it. That is say, I've seen enough experiments to fail to think it's not the case anymore. Um, and some people actually do try to set up experiments in advance of the sort we were just describing. So for instance, there was this one couple, a husband-wife team, um, who were very active in the SPR, and they decided that um, whichever of them died first would try to communicate with the other yeah. via a medium, like by a, a seance, because they regularly went to seances, uh, and they had a code word, and they said, if the, if the medium says this, then it's really me. Um, so they really did plan this all out ahead of time. Um, and the one of them obviously died first, uh, and the other one went to lots of seances, and they never reported back. So I infer that as a negative result of yeah. the experiment. That is, they did not hear the word that they wanted to. That's sad. It is kind of sad, right? It would be <laughs> it would be nice. Um, and a lot of these people are motivated by tragedy. So, for instance, Oliver Lodge, mm. one of the great pioneers of radio. Um, uh, was largely motivated because his son Raymond dies in World War I, and he wants to be able to communicate with him. Um, and uh, so the, the, I said this, these, these stories are deep in tragedy in human suffering as well, because people are trying to reconnect with their loved ones. Um, right. And very often the past life stories are similar too, right? Somebody wants to hear a story about their great-grandmother who they miss. Um, so they get this. So I think in terms of the if, we're kind of stuck. That is, like with things like telepathy and communication with the dead, um, reincarnation is either not easily experimentally verified, that is, as a phenomenon, it's just hard to detect, or there's something wrong with the way we're conceptualizing it. So the way we're thinking about testing for it isn't producing the results we want. So I should say it, it's entirely possible that reincarnation is real, um, but the the evidence presented for it is really bad. It's extremely vague, <laughs> yeah, um, and doesn't is and is not persuasive. Um, so if somebody came up with a good, a, a rigorous theory of reincarnation that provided for things that could be tested, then let's do it. There's no reason not to. I mean, science is full of all kinds of weird stuff that we never would have expected before. Challenge accepted. You've been reincarnated. 
your job. Prove it. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's correct, right? First of all, you had to prove it to yourself, but let's just say... Yeah, somehow, I think some... you would just know. Is that right? Like, the... but I mean, that's that's part of the... The, the question at hand, right? Is in, right. In what sense do I just know uh, that that is the case? Uh, so it must be um, uh, that I have memories of my previous life, um, uh, yeah. and that those are distinct from my awareness of my present body. So let's say I'm uh, uh, I have memories of being someone with blue eyes, right? And I know I've yeah. never had blue eyes. In my life, um, so I need to conclude that those memories are accurate. Uh, that is, they're not just something I've imagined, um, right. and that would probably take some some convincing too, because I have dreams in which things are different, um, uh, but I don't think that those are uh, true. Um, that, that, just, yeah, I'll make a note. That's another what the if. What if, oh, how have we not done that? <laughs> See, by the way, this is just, you know, as list, long-time listeners know, the ifs spawn other ifs. Other ifs, they go yeah. Off in other directions. So we're just going like. to make a note. We're going to make a note of that exit off the uh, the Jersey if bike here. Uh, yeah, ifs but, they're uh, like yeah. bacteria. They breed. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, go ahead. So you have, if you have, right. And a lot of people do say that they have dreams or, you know, something like that. But th that's a whole nother thing. So we're going to take that out mm -hmm. of this. That's not evidence. That's not yeah. evidence. Right. Um, so, by the way, you're going to win a million dollars. Oh, uh, so I, oh, that's right from, from from the James Randi Foundation, right? James Randi Foundation. Um, by the way, there's an excellent film made by a friend of mine, a colleague, uh, called uh, "An Honest Liar," all oh. about. Um, James Randi, and uh, and it goes into a lot of the um, what was that group out um, that did the, the the hippies who saved physics a group? Oh, uh, the fundamental physics group. Yeah, yeah, like you know all the parent actual scientists who went in to try paranormal stuff. James Randi went in and sent people who were uh, intentionally trying to trick the scientists just to keep them honest. And uh, check anyway. Oh. Oh, right, I didn't know about that. That's cool. Yeah. Right, yeah oh, you, could, you should see that film. So, but, but yeah. Okay. We need real evidence. So you've been reincarnated. You had blue eyes, which is a weird thing to remember because it's based on um, looking in a mirror. But It is. Know. Yeah. So that suggests uh, uh, my, my past life was in an era in which mirrors were cheap and readily available, which is fine. Oh, oh. Not see. a huge deal, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so let's hear. So I think there's, um, if I want to make the case that it's, uh, uh, a genuine past life. There needs to be something. Um, let's see here. My memories have to be distinctive of some other historical era. Right. Yep. Right. That's um, right. Uh, so actually, so blue eyes isn't going to cut it. Right. Um, mm, so yeah. I need to have memories of. Uh, hmm, let's see here. Something that's. Uh, uh, well, what if distinctive. you were like a blue-eyed Neanderthal? Well, that would be fine. So would be. Let's hear. So uh, I have memories of me um, uh, making stone tools and sleeping in a cave. Oh, How about that's that? cool. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's cool. Now, in yeah. general, it's interesting for all the stories. And I'm thinking mm -hmm. of Ramta here, for instance, who was a. Um, oh right, a, yeah. A pseudo 
I, I don't believe her stories, but but a so-called psychic, self self-proclaimed psychic, or who who she would channel. She mm-hmm. said she was channeling this this ancient uh, person or something like that. But generally, you don't hear people do say uh, recounting. St- people often go back to medieval times for some reason. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's right. And and but, we can have both sort of charitable and non charitable interpretations of that, right? Right. Um, so the the non charitable interpretation is that they. Uh, uh, that's a historical era that people think they know a lot about. So it's easy for them to oh, imagine. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of oh, you're right. Yeah. Um, and then the charitable interpretation is that because that's an era that people uh, know a lot about, they recognize those kinds of memories. Uh, that is, nobody knows anything about what here. It is not commonly known what human life was like 20,000 years ago. So no one recognizes those memories. Um Interesting. So those yeah, are, yeah. yeah. So those, or are it could be that at medieval times, for some reason, what? And I'm not talking about the show that you go to in New Jersey, where the where you drink mead and all that, mm-hmm. uh, and, and watch the people jousting. Uh, the real medieval times, maybe that for some reason was a bumper crop of reincarnation. Like maybe uh, well, they were like no, that's entirely possible too. Um, yeah. is that we would need some explanation for why people's memories of past lives uh, tend to be. Um, recognizable and interesting. Uh, yeah. That is, nobody remembers uh, a life uh, as a, a hunter-gatherer in some um, <laughs> right. you know, random part of Southeast Asia uh, where right. they died of starvation, um, which is the But you do. But you, okay, so, but, but you do. do. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this, okay, so you are, you are a, a what did you say? A random hunter-gatherer. You have memories yep. of being okay. a random hunter gatherer mm-hmm. in Southeast Asia, I think you said. So sort of Yeah, that's right. So let's say um some some jungle type area. Uh yep. and I spend my days trying to gather up enough grubs to eat to get some calories so I don't starve to death. Um and otherwise my life is uh, completely uninteresting. Um it is literally just scrounging through the underbrush every day uh, until I, I finally fail to get accumulated calories um, <laughs> and I just die. Right. Uh, so how do I make the case that that is I'm a, sold. That, that, <laughs> nobody would make that up. Nobody would make that up. People boast that like I was Joan of Arc, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you see that's, nobody says. <laughs> So I would say that, and that's, um, so I don't know, maybe in some sense, I would be more persuaded by the memories uh, of the bland hunter-gatherer existence yeah. that dies in an interesting way. Because if you if you randomly choose some human who has died in the past, um, right. uh, it's more likely to be that than it is to be Joan of Arc, right? Um, exactly. But unfortunately, yeah. the, unfortunately, the flip side of that, um, that existence is not distinctive enough for us to link it up with the historical record in any kind of verifiable oh, way. Oh, right? interesting. Right. So Joan of Arc, would, you could... That's right. So it find, would be much yeah. easier. So that's right. So perversely, it would be easier to um, convince someone that you were Joan of Arc because her life is relatively well documented. Um, right. So that's, I don't know. So that's a bit of a problem, right? No, but I like this. So you are, th- we, look, we, we can't choose the evidence. I mean, mm-hmm. you have memories of being, a, you know, of, of re- now the interesting, one thing is you said, um, and this is an interesting question about what memories of past lives would be like. Um, 
you said it was uninteresting, for instance, but you're speaking from the modern version of you's point of view, looking back on what that life was like to that mm -hmm. person. So back when you were, uh, I don't know if you would have, you would, would you have had a name or is this before? I wasn't sure what time period are we? Did you have language back then? Uh, yeah, we would have had proto language. Um, okay. I don't know if hunter gatherers 50,000 years ago had names per se. Um, right. they had tools and some kind of rudimentary cultures. Um, right. uh, so I don't know actually. Right. <laughs> I don't and know. So, but, 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 uh, um, would not, let's, we'll call him HG for hunter gatherer. Okay. So a, when you were HG, mm -hmm. um, HG didn't think his life was boring. They probably didn't even have a concept of boring or not boring or, um, I genuinely don't know. That is that is actually a um, right a, a difficult thing. I, I don't think we know what the internal lives of. Um, but you were if you were one, you would have. And then, so what you're saying is, we wouldn't have been able to use that as evidence. If yeah. you had said, mm -hmm. if you went on, um, a Jimmy Kimmel show, mm -hmm. uh, as for instance, Ramtha, you didn't Ramtha go on Johnny Carson? Then I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you said, you know, I was a hunter-gatherer, and um, you would think it was very boring, Jimmy, but it was, you know, it was pretty exciting. And it was, you know, we were always on edge because we were either going to starve or be eaten by a puma. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that could be. But those, um, whether or not it was exciting or interesting uh, to me as HG 50,000 years ago, doesn't right. help with the evidence question today. Um, right. because what we need to do is, is somehow correlate the experiences that I'm remembering now, uh, with some kind of verifiable evidence in the, in the present. So maybe right. if I remember burying a particular stone tool yeah. in a particular spot yes. at yes. a particular time, then that's the thing we could go check, right? Okay. Um, so, so I love, I love that idea. And it, so let's say this, that if, if, if uh, you're going to remember something, the things you remember are very dramatic things. Oh, here's, here we go. You r would remember when you died, weirdly enough. Yep. Okay. And That's so right. yeah, we could go find out, maybe not exactly, you wouldn't know where they buried you, but let's assume it was in the last place you remember being. It would. Okay probably be that we yeah, could find right. your so, oh oh can we find your own skeleton from your previous life see, that, that would the be, dna or something so this is a uh, yeah so checking dna isn't going to help right because presumably right. dna doesn't reincarnate um but if you let's say i, I died in a more interesting way so i remember yeah. the saber-toothed tiger biting the back of my head you're saying um, as you're holding your cat that's a coincidence yes <laughs> um, yes, I remember being bit by a saber-toothed tiger in the back of the head and falling down a ravine that was um, uh, within view of a particularly distinctive volcano. So uh -huh. then yeah. today, yeah. Yeah. I can then go to Indonesia and look for that distinctive volcano and say, okay, I recognize that. That looks like the ravine I remember falling down. And then at the bottom of that, I find a 50,000-year-old uh, skeleton um, yeah. with puncture marks at the base of the skull that I remember. 
I think that's about. I mean, the that best. would be amazing. But yeah. I, I'm already thinking this would be a, an incredible Discovery Channel show, and yet, sadly, th- there probably is a Discovery Channel show where somebody says, "Oh, well, you know, acting happens." Yeah, okay. I'm going to show you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. That now. Okay. Let Let's go right there. So, mm-hmm. if a reincarnation is real, that would happen, and. That, that would be doable, right? It's, it's feasible. Yeah. It's all mm-hmm. physically. So the question becomes, uh, it's very interesting. You said DNA does not reincarnate. Yeah, that's but, right. Our usual tools for accessing the past, things like carbon mm-hmm. dating and such, are not going to be helpful for reincarnation. Right. And so what we're really interested in here is... Um, this is kind of the if, but what if what if reincarnation were real? So the fun thing here is we have established, okay, here's a situation where, yeah, this totally, this would be a situation where it seems, it really seems like that is a possible, um, Occam's razor, weirdly enough, would actually in this situation say, well, yeah, the odds of you being able to guess that is quite Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly That'd right. That'd be an extraordinary claim. Mm-hmm. Um, like incredible, like it'd be buried. I mean, who would be able to, find a skeleton then that is a boy so by the way david copperfield or or in, or, or who, i don't know if david copperfield does psychic stuff any anyway, you psychics if you could do something like that 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 would be truly amazing that would be really um, yeah. i'd be more impressed uh so what we as scientists though, we're research scientists um and we want to know what was the mechanism of the reincarnation well, how that, does that work? Yeah, that may not be accessible. To, I, sh- I think that is actually a separate question from the uh, establishing evidence for the reincarnation itself. That is, we can establish reincarnation without um, without knowing the uh, the mechanism of reincarnation. Right, but but we're hypothesizing it is a physical process. It, the, this in a, in this scenario, reincarnation does take place within our world using known laws. So, might that mean? Now, this does start to touch on a, a, a particular... We were talking about the Dalai Lama and Tibetan Buddhism before. This begins to touch on another religious story. The, in fact, I <laughs> just realized one that I happen to know you are... You have something to say about, whether you want to or not, and that is the Shroud of Turin. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, we stumbled on this. So... Tell us, for those who, who haven't been watching um, oh, any of the basic cable <laughs> recently, what, did, what was the Shroud of Turin? Uh, the Shroud of Turin is an uh, artifact, um, a piece of cloth, a burial shroud, um, that is alleged to have the image of Jesus uh, imprinted on it. Um, right. And this is sometimes held up as, uh, as, as evidence for the, the truth of the biblical resurrection story. Right. Um, now the resurrection it, part of it is that isn't doesn't some people would say that the shroud doesn't just demonstrate that it was wrapped around a man, which wouldn't be, I mean, it'd be incredible find, obviously historically like amazingly important, but they that it shows evidence of I don't know what the resurrection well, so, itself. So for instance, it it has um, the the the, uh, the image um, of the body on the shroud. Um, has uh, uh, wounds on it that would be consistent with the, the crucifixion uh, narrative, right? But is is there something like is there uh, is it scorched? 
or something? Or no. is it simply that no, no, it's just shrouds a, a, of it, people don't care. Generally, a shroud of somebody isn't that detailed, or the, the, that's right. Generally, burial shrouds do not uh, bear photocopy-like images of the bodies <laughs> okay, right. they are Sorry. wrapped around. Right. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so it is held up as a, as an extraordinary thing that um, uh, there's that this means something, yeah. right? Um, so the uh, here's the challenge. I say to you: mm -hmm. create a physical process that might do this. Oh, um, yeah, I got nothing. Um, I mean, bodies don't emit. Radiation. So our known that's right. <laughs> uh, so our known our known laws restrict us to, for instance, atoms, let's say, and mm -hmm. you know, actual particles of matter, uh, and radi and you said radiation, either you know, electromagnetic or radioactive or whatever. Yeah. And so and and things like DNA, for instance, on the biology side. And so for the soul, for instance, which I think is what we're talking about, we're, we're just gonna call it that. Mm -hmm. Not in its deepest term, but like whatever it is that's you, that is what got reincarnated, right? Yeah. Um, and so, um, actually, let's say this: the simplest form of this really is just memories. That's all we're talking about. Yeah, that's right. So this takes us back to the the nineteenth century physicists, spiritualists that we were talking yes. about before. Um, that's right. Is this uh, uh, this hope that? When, when we say the soul or the memories, we're actually talking about a, uh, a physical um, kind of thing, which it surely is, right? I mean, the, the thoughts in our brain. Nowadays, we explain, explain our thoughts in terms of electrochemical patterns and neurotransmitters. Right. Um, and we don't think that those, uh, those electrical patterns are persistent in any way. That is, we think that when we die... Um, those those neurotransmitters just stop moving in our brain, and that's it. They're not persistent in any way. So the first but, thing the first thing we can say then is that for memories to be preserved, let alone passed on, they have to be recorded. They're being recorded somewhere in some form of memory. yeah. I think recorded is kind of a um, loaded word because that implies a kind of intent, but they need to mm -hmm. be persistent mm -hmm. in the way that say. Our skeleton persists after death, right? After you die, ah, your skeleton is still uh -huh. there. So we're right. we're thinking something like that: that uh, our our thoughts and memories persist even after our body is no longer maintaining homeostasis. Right. So here here's my theory. Here's my theory. When uh, when HG died, mm -hmm. uh, and this would have this would have to be true for everybody, but HG dies in his tragic comic scenario mm -hmm. and um all of uh let's just say his brain that the brain does keep all th the memories in a way like uh and so uh when he died all those the, all the atoms that contain that information in the brain mm -hmm. have to leave the brain and they get dispersed into, in other words, uh, uh, HG being primitive wasn't buried in a shroud or anything. So his body is eventually, right. except for the bones, um, and we know that the, the memories can't be in the bones, although maybe some were, and that's why you don't have memory of those particular. <laughs> but uh, you don't have any memories of drinking milk, 
because that, that all just went into the bones. Mm -hmm. And so they went into the ground and they went then into the grass and then they went into the air and they sat there forever, a, well, a very, very long years, time. Right? Yeah. That's right. And then made their way to, uh, where were your parents from? Uh, well, they were from New England, um, but I was yeah. born in um, uh, Syracuse, New York. You were so. born in Syracuse, right. Yeah. And so this cloud of HG's brain information somehow came down mm -hmm. intact. And settled into a hospital in Syracuse, New York, yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Now, that um, would be that re reincarnation, the, the actual act of reincarnation uh, happened sometime during your, when your mother was pregnant with you. Um, well, that's presumably Would be the right. simplest yeah, explanation, right? right? Mm -hmm. So um, hospitals really aren't shielded. They don't have this, um, okay. soul, soul shielding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Straight, so if we, have, straight, if, we have, if we have deep resources, um, we can then surround maternity wards with lots of different yes. kinds of shielding. Um, now we're talking. And yeah. see which uh, uh, which people. So this is a long-term experiment, right? Because we got to wait for those people to be born and grow up to the point where we can then have conversations with them. Right. Uh, but we're willing to invest all these funds because we're going to win at least a million dollars. So we just okay. can't spend more than a million dollars. Yeah, so we'll so we'll shield some maternity wards against electrical fields, and we'll right. seal some against gases, and seal some against radiation. Um, and then, after some decades of this, we may be able to see a pattern. So we say, okay, the only people who don't remember their past lives are the ones who were born in Faraday cages. So <laughs> we know then that uh, electrical fields must be the determining factor uh, of whether reincarnation happens. And then once we have that piece of information, then we can start looking for those electrical fields settling into uh, newly conceived, um, I don't know, blastulas, I guess. Um, uh, and maybe we can see the pattern happen. And if that's the case, then we're pretty good at manipulating electrical fields. So maybe we can route... Um, certain past lives into some people and not others. Um, so we could, we could actually ask expectant parents, would you like your child to uh, have the memories of a past life? That's right. Um, oh yeah. There would be a whole, right. You would capture them, bottle them and then offer mm -hmm. them like a product. Yeah, that's right. It would be a whole <laughs> amazing. Um, amazing. Uh, yeah. Now this, by the way, this can see this is starting to come together. This is how conspiracy theories work. Mm -hmm. it begins to prove itself. We were talking about earlier about uh, shortwave radio, and how I said when you listen to it in between the regular stations, you can hear strange things that sound like you know ghosts or lost souls mm -hmm. sure. making weird sounds. Um, so. What we're saying is, yeah, it's a radio that somehow information stays within. Now, what are all the – here's another fun thing. is Once we establish one of these strange scenarios with what the if, this creates all kinds of crazy ramifications. Um, in other words, there's all kinds of ripples that flow out from this about mm -hmm. physics. And so if information can stay – 
that, that for some reason, uh, this information can stay. I'm going to still keep it as a cloud of atoms, kind of, okay. maybe even brain, brain size of the brain or a little bit dispersed. It is possible that, that, that it could be, that we start to get more into thinking about like black holes and whatever, but like that the information completely scatters, mm -hmm. but that for some reason, enough of it comes together, you know, in one, but th th that really gets crazy. So there's a cloud. This thing hovers around. And therefore, there would be, how many people have died over the course of, is, that, is it true no, that there's always probably, more people alive now than have ever no, died? No, more people have died than are alive today. Um, so okay. I don't know. I would estimate hundreds of billions, but I'd have to do some calculations. Yeah. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But Abraham Lincoln's, like it's flowed, his, his soul, his memories, mm -hmm. let's call it his memories, uh, his uh, memory field is uh, floating, his memory cloud is floating around mm -hmm. in the cloud. <laughs> as it were yeah um and uh we just don't know if he bumped in you, you, the, but to be reincarnated your memory cloud has to somehow randomly mm -hmm. um, yep has to settle down pass through uh, <laughs> a fetus <laughs> yeah that's right so it might so Oops. abraham lincoln's <laughs> memory cloud might still be floating around or yeah. maybe it has settled in I don't know, three or four people over time since then. Um, oh, could it? Oh, this is interesting. That we just, right, of course, because this is how things kind of work, that it, you're saying is it passes through. It isn't like, well, that's the end of Abraham Lincoln's memory cloud. It, presumably not. But I mean, that right. depends on the actual mechanism of re reincarnation. But you can imagine he got, he got reborn or the, the memory cloud settled in someone born in 1910, um, who then dies of the Spanish flu in 1918. Yeah. Um, and then the memory cloud floats around for a little longer um, and uh, settles into um, someone in um, 1921, who then as a child gets to do a wonderful transatlantic trip on the Hindenburg um, and then dies. <laughs> Bad luck. <laughs> Um, and then the cloud floats around uh, a little bit more <laughs> in New uh, Jersey, stuck in New Jersey it, now, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's gradually drifting westward. Um, so it then settles into someone born uh, in 1945, uh, who then, as a child, sucks up a lot of um, excess radiation from nuclear bomb testing in the American Southwest uh, and dies of thyroid cancer. Um, and is then reborn in the early 1970s near Bhopal, India, um, which oh, then um, it's the unluckiest person in the world, unluckiest person of all time. <laughs> um, and of course, this all started with Abraham Lincoln uh, being assassinated. So uh, that does suggest he just got off to a bad start. Get off. <laughs> um, and it goes like so. It's not hard to imagine that he could have been reborn. He just um, if he had only let the South just let the South secede, then everything would have been fine. Yeah would have been fine. Bhopal wouldn't um, have happened. And, and actually, an important thing to consider is presumably this memory cloud uh, is updating with each incarnation, too. Oh, right. Okay. So it's not just that you've got Abraham Lincoln. You also have the, the memory of somebody who uh, lived through um, the Spanish flu, or didn't live through the Spanish flu, experienced the Spanish flu, um, and knew what it was like to fly across the Atlantic um, in a dirigible. 
so those would be pretty amazing layers of memories. Uh, and, you know, I wonder whether those memories would be distinct. Um, that is, would you be aware of each of those as a separate incarnation? Um, or would Abraham Lincoln in some bizarre way have a memory of writing in a dirigible? Um, well, based on reports, based on the firsthand testimony of so-called reincarnated people, remember this began with uh, this article in the New York Times about toddlers who were reporting. And then it was these mm -hmm. were scientists taking these reports from toddlers as uh, evidence. It's a bizarre hypothesis as it is. Um, but uh, so it's here's what seems to be that those who report I, I happen to have firsthand knowledge of this because, as I've mentioned many times, although mm -hmm. it's been a while, my mother believes in a lot of wacky stuff. <laughs> and my mother believes in half-lives, half <laughs> 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 which is a game and also uh, an atomic process. So um, okay. uh, in past lives, and obviously she was a big fan of um, who's the actress? Uh, Shirley MacLaine. Shirley MacLaine. Right. Yeah. So for those who don't know, it's Shirley MacLaine, uh, I guess in the 70s, 80s, maybe in the 90s. But yeah. She's no longer around, but she popularized this idea of past lives, wrote about it, believed that she had experienced them. And so my mother, for instance, be believes that she was, I don't know that she would say she was Joan of Arc, but the stories she reports mm -hmm. about her life in medieval France, riding a horse and things. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, like um, yeah. So, um, Let's not even consider the fact that if you are descended from someone who was reincarnated, are you therefore also descended from that? You kind of would be, right? Okay, that's a whole mm -hmm. other. That's yeah. a whole complicated thing. Um, uh, in which case, you really do need to find out much more about your not just your parents, but who the <laughs> what reincarnated souls they're carrying around. You know, if HG. Uh, had a particular, you know, weird disease or something, you'd want to know mm -hmm. about it. Yep, that would be good. Um, so, well, clearly he's not good at running. He's, he's not particularly, I, I would stay away from hunting and gathering. I might recommend that. Maybe oh, that's, that's right. why. It didn't work out so well for me. Yeah. That's why you became a karate master. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, a hidden attempt to uh, uh, yeah. avoid the hunter-gatherer yeah, problem. Good, good reason to. So here's what I'm thinking. Stem cells, when a, when a memory cloud uh, passes through stem cells of a fetus, if I understand this, my knowledge of this particular subject is quite poor. But that, because you were saying that the memory cloud continues on, it persists. Mm -hmm. um, so somehow it must affect the DNA of these stem cells, and that is where the memory is encoded. What do we know this this kind of goes into current research, for instance, and, and I'm not sure if this is in your wheelhouse or not, but for instance, there is some, you know, our memories passed down through DNA. There seems to be, in other words, how is it that... Oh, yeah, so I should say there are things that are passed down through DNA, sort of, um, mm -hmm. you know, your DNA has uh, accumulates, amongst other things, um, fragments of viruses that your ancestors were infected with um, over time. Uh -huh. right. Um, right. So we can actually track the, the health of the, the past. And it seems that some kind of generational traumas get passed down as well. Um, uh, what does, so, so what does that mean, yeah. generational traumas? Um, 
groups of people who live through um, horrific events like famines and wars um, uh, seem to pass on tendency for uh, disease and other mental health uh, to their offspring. Um, so, like, we you mean can they pass tell, it on more more likely more likely than, yeah. So, like, we can tell who, who yeah we can tell who lived through um, uh, to famously the, the the siege of Amsterdam during World War II um, huh. has, has created a weird natural experiment for all sorts of things where like we can we can tell whether you're descended from the people um, who lived through that particular famine and stressor. Uh, but but that's because they all got susceptible because they were under such stress and they were weak and yeah that's right so the the weird thing is that those do seem to be passed on so if we're just looking for um uh, some mechanism by which stuff can be passed from generation uh, uh, um learned experiences can be passed on from generation to generation um there is uh, there are mechanisms for that so these uh, i can't remember the technical term for these fragments of viruses that get passed um huh. uh, from generation to generation uh, but if you wanted to stipulate that those somehow were the the mechanism of the memory cloud there are things that can do that now that's not just that's not as simple as the fact that let's say all the people in this town you know they were we, they because they were under stress they were starving or mm-hmm. and, and you know when you're under stress you can you become sick and things yeah. like that so no it is not we're talking so th- those would be if you're if we're just talking about the effects of being sick and under stress that's just regular natural selection um, but uh, here we're talking about actual modification of your genome based on your personal experience which is different right natural selection so not is because Right, not yeah. because, in other words, they're all under stress, and so there was a particular virus that they all got sick from, and that got encoded in their DNA. You're saying it's not that. It is not so, that, no. The, so natural oh. selection is just whether you successfully have children before you die and pass on your genes. Um, your personal experiences don't change your genome in, in, the, oh. in the normal Darwinian model. Um, this is something different oh, where right. you get caught with a virus and your genome actually gets modified by that experience. Um, and that's different. So normal natural selection doesn't have your genome being modified by anything except random mutation. So this is different. Wow. Wow. Oh, that is interesting. Um, now, I just thought, okay, now here's a problem with reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, if, you're, if you are reincarnated from anybody, your parents would be the most likely <laughs> source of your reincarnation. Well, no, it wouldn't be because your parents are still alive when you're conceived, right? Oh, oh, because what I was going to say is, why don't you have your parents' memories or your grandparents' memories? Yeah, because they're still, their memory cloud is still in their heads. Fools. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So what would, what other effects last, I'm just going to wrap up here, but I just want to see where, where do things spawn off into, as we look into the distance the ripples of this concept of the memory cloud, what would that say for physics? Well, we were, you know, talking about the commercialization possibilities um, of this, that once we understand the mechanism, presumably we would be able to manipulate that pretty well. Um, And uh, yeah, so, you know, if I really miss my great aunt who has died, uh, maybe I can channel her memory cloud uh, into my next child and then I'll be able to... uh, Ah. 
choose who to who to have around. So right. So so we were talking about the maternity ward before. Mm-hmm. Now we go to the other end of the the under the other floor in the hospital, uh, where when somebody dies, you all uh, hospitals would be equipped with memory cloud uh, capture devices. Yeah, memory cloud catchers. Yeah. So like you would everybody you would die if 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 you were quote fortunate enough to die in the hospital as opposed to just by accident also oh my god uh they mm-hmm. would put a little helmet on you and you know with all the wires you. Like, yep. put you in a bottle thing. um and then maybe you know stick you in the gift shop so then yeah. uh when you're <laughs> when you're coming in to deliver your baby uh you can make a selection you say ooh <laughs> violinist i'm going to i'm going to get some violinist memories right contrary to that uh uh or you know there are all these signs in the hospital don't use your cell phone because it interferes with the equipment right. with, don't with open equipment. don't open memory don't don't let memory clouds loose in the hospital yeah okay. if, if you're anywhere near the maternity ward it's because they'll settle in with uh, unpredictable effects yeah 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 so um we could see here so here's another weird thing about reincarnation we don't see clusters of things right like mm-hmm. um the memory clouds become very diverse um but when i say physics does this mean if if atoms can be kept in other words that there's some process going on in which atoms containing information and i just say atoms because matter for mm-hmm. somehow uh information there are clouds of information that kind of float around and don't disperse right what would that what would that do what, what would that break as far as we know or it seems to be also another opportunity that like whoa we could storage mm-hmm. yeah that's right we would want to could come be. up with some kind of mechanism where maybe we could catch those memory clouds without a person to attach it to um and uh well, we could create them online. yeah well that would be another possibility too if we could create it artificially but there's a lot of information in a human brain uh, that's going to take a lot of work yes do we know how much information uh we do i don't have that information it's like a petabyte or something i don't know something like that yeah yes 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 so it's a lot of atoms but uh, but you know atoms are small so um would this it, what would be your takeaway emotion from this if you discovered this uh, and it's real? Well, I mean, it would you... be, I don't know, maybe a little bit of existential horror at the thought that all these memory, because huge numbers of memory clouds are floating around. Um, right. So knowing that uh, these billions of hunter gatherers um, are, are floating around and I'm kind of swimming through them every day uh, might be a little horrible. Yeah. And the, and the funny thing is that, uh, it must be like the the randomness of of the others. If we if we discovered this now, mm-hmm. we are living in the period before maternity wards get shielded, and so well, which yes. is our current life anyway. But what mm-hmm. it means is that your odds of uh, your child uh, being born carrying previous souls almost all those previous souls are going to be really boring really yeah. mundane mm-hmm. extremely and that would be 
Yeah, that actually would be more disappointing, I think, than knowing, no, no, there's no such thing as reincarnation. There are no reincarnations. By the way, there mm -hmm. are reincarnations, and it's kind of bad pollution. Yeah. Okay. And maybe, maybe that's why we're all so messed up. That's right, because we've all got these fragments. And I should say, in an important sense, this is the fundamental premise of Scientology, um, is that oh, we're, all in, we're all inhabited by these uh, personality fragments of Thetans, uh, and Scientology <laughs> is all about getting rid of them. But that is enough for another day. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, but these aren't aliens. These are this is even worse. They're just sad Earthlings. So um, you really the 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 value uh, basically souls are commodified. Most of them are incredibly boring because most people mm -hmm. are incredibly boring and unexceptional and highly yeah. flawed. Uh, and so um, uh, the value of the high quality. Uh, yeah, so we've got a huge market for high quality reincarnation modules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're going to be they're, the race. So that's where we leave it. The race is on. As soon as this discovery happens, mm -hmm. uh, Elon Musk just says, screw, screw the rocket thing. <laughs> no, screw yes, the cars. I am all in on Thetan mm -hmm. uh, souls. Yeah. 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 All right. Had you known that was going to happen would you have uh, agreed to that or would you just go for straight shielding and uh, no no memories please no reincarnated souls uh -oh. my child um i'd probably go for no memories i'd like a, a clean slate a tabula rasa as they say that might be an interesting <laughs> excellent. experience yeah excellent and like all sitcoms mm -hmm. the, the the all of those shows that have incredibly insane things happen but by the end they button up and everything becomes normal mm -hmm. again. Everything is resolved. Never happens. Right. So that next week, it's completely fresh. Tabula rasa. Yeah. Imagine a whole new beginning. As you go about your day now, I hope you enjoyed mm -hmm. this show. Yeah. Uh, you can go to whattheif.com. And for the first time, as if you never experienced it, see all the other episodes from a past era. Um, and... Uh, enjoy them you can also subscribe if for instance so if you've already subscribed unsubscribe and resubscribe mm -hmm. that'd be kind of exciting uh, yep. but if you've never subscribed now's the time to do it um if you've never left us a review it's fine all your all your sins are absolved mm -hmm. you can start fresh um, you can start fresh on your podcast app as soon as this show ends or just pause it just stop it right and leave a review that'd be fantastic five stars write a few words if you want that's fantastic. Tell your friends about the if and enjoy the calm, tranquil time that will only last until Monday when we return with news from the pandemic. Yeah. We, we hereby, for the first time, seal off the ifs that have come heretofore. <laughs> <laughs> and very calmly say the name of the show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We just say what the if. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Fantastic. See you, man. <laughs>